We're continuing the Shir and Hishtapchus Hanefesh. This is the eighth lesson in, from the introduction. Oid Kosuf Shom, Simen Kuf It's also brought in paragraph 117 in Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom. Bekfar Usiatun Somoch Lir Medvedevka, in the village of Osiatun, which is near the city of Medvedevka, Ukraine. Shom Hoyador Chomiv Zechrenavrocha, that's where Rabbi Nachman's father in law lived. Veshom Hoyo Iker Giduloi, and that's where he spent some of his most important years, his teenage years. In those days, they got married at the age of 13, and Rabbi Nachman spent possibly the next uh, seven, eight years in that area with his father in law, living close to his father in law. Veshom Hoyleich Nohor Godol. There's a, a large river that flows there. And there's a tremendous amount of reeds in the river there, as you find in other, other rivers. Rabbeinazal's custom was, many, many times, that he would take a small boat, a, a, a canoe, a rowboat, something like that, and he would go alone in the middle of the river. Even though he wasn't that much of a professional person in knowing how to, how to use a boat well. Despite that, he would row the boat behind where all of these reeds were, where nobody could see him, the shom also masha also betfilo the hispoidus ashrei loy, and there he would do what he did in davening Tashem and saying Tehillim and hispoidus speaking Tashem in his own words. Ki beemes zocho lamasha zocho knir bachush misvardoshim, because the truth is we see how much he achieved. What an incredible high spiritual level he attained, as one can see when they study his forum. And in one of the other books that records part of his life, his main student, Rab Nosson, writes there, that sometimes he would take a horse from his father-in-law's home he would ride with it into a forest. And there he'd get off the horse, tie a horse to a tree. And he would continue into the forest to do his thing, his tefillah, to spend time alone with Hashem, as was his custom. And many times the, the horse got tired of waiting and untied itself, you know, pulled itself up off and ran back to, the, to his father-in-law's house. And when they saw the horse come back without him, they, they were worried, they were fearful. They said, certainly, he must have fallen off the horse somehow. There were many times that a rainstorm broke out when he was in the forest and he didn't have time to get back. 
And then he would first be- get back at the house an hour or more into the night, you know, soaked. And look a little bit further. Where we quote from Rabbi Nachman's teachings, that in a place where vegetation grows, where there are trees and grasses and plants, Hainu basode oibayar, for example, in a field or in a forest, toiv ma'oid lehispoidechum. Those are very much preferred places for a person to speak to Hashem. Rabbi Nachman quotes the the Chumash where we see by Yitzchok Avinu it says, vayetze Yitzchok losuach basode, that Yitzchok went out to speak in the field. That's a pasuk in Chumash. And in fact, Rabbi Nachman mentions that the first letters of that posuk, Vayetze Yitzchok Losuach Basode, spell the word Yevul. Yevul means product. We know the Torah speaks about Yevula, that the earth will not give forth its produce. And he goes on to say that one of the main one of the main produce of the earth is the fact that these grasses, these trees and vegetation they also speak to Hashem. And when a person is walking among them in a forest, in a field, and talking to Hashem, the person's tefillah goes up, blending in together with the vegetation, the trees, and the leaves, and they support. That helps his tefillah in a major way. Oid Shomomar, in addition, in Sicha Saran, paragraph 154, Rabbein Azal said, that what helped, it, what helped him to achieve the success that he achieved in Torah, in Tefillah, and coming close to Hashem was only through his simplicity. In Yiddish, the word prostak means a very simple person. He would speak a lot to Hashem, the Omar Tehillim Harbe Bepshitus, he would recite a lot of Tehillim, simple. And this is what brought him tremendous success in learning, in serving Hashem, in spirituality, both Beinodom Lamokom, Beinodom Lechaveroi. The Omar, and he said, Im Hoyisi Yoidea, Shashimisborach Yasimimeni Mashaniato, if I would have known in my earlier years what Hashem would make of me, in other words, how far Hashem would allow me to go in climbing, in reaching, in attaining high spiritual levels, I would have run so quickly, I would have moved so fa- so much faster in my Avodat Hashem, to the point where what I used to do in a year, I would pack into one day in terms of the intensity and the complete devotion that I would have served Hashem with had I realized, had I known how, how far a person can go, how high a person can go in getting close to Hashem. And he always displayed a tremendous deep yearning 
to be zuchet to serve Hashem with the utmost of simplicity, without any shtick, without any any deep phil- phil- philosophizing, but rather simple, simple to study Torah with simplicity, to daven with simplicity, to help people. Gam Omar. And he also said, Rabbi Nachman said, Shediber im kamo tzadikim gedolim, that he spoke about this with many great tzadikim of his generation, v'yomru gamkein, and they also confirmed, shelohigiu lamadregosam kiim alidei inyan prostik, that they also got to their levels of success in serving Hashem only through simplicity. That they, they, they were involved in serving Hashem with the utmost of simplicity, which included privately speaking to Hashem, secluding themselves and speaking to Hashem in their own words. And it's through this type of service Hashem that they achieved what they achieved. Oidsham, in addition, in Sicho Saran, Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, chapter 162, even though Rabbi Nuzal had a private room in the small village that he was able to stay, he was able to have time alone in, Despite that, <clears throat> very often he would go in the fields or the forests, and he spent a tremendous time alone there speaking to Hashem. Rab Nosanzal writes, I once took a walk with Rabbi Nachman when he was visiting this community, the city of Medvedevka, where he lived earlier in his life, and we walked together near where some of the fields were there and the mountains, and Rabbi Nezal stretched out his hand, pointing to the fields and the mountains there, and he said to me, he said, you see all of these fields surrounding the city and the mountains? I walked them many, many times. He would go for walks and spend time alone speaking to Hashem in all of those places. The Sipperly, and he told me, that at the top of one of the mountains that he pointed out, there's a very high place. And there near the top of the mountain, there is like an indentation. He would go up near the top of the mountain, and he would go into that indentation in the mountain, and that was one of his special places where he liked to go often 
to speak to Hashem. We had complete privacy to really open up to Hashem. Can I let times he would go to other places? This was all in the city of Medvedevka, where he had already gained recognition. This was in his early 20s, when he had already gained recognition as a tzaddik, as a leader. People were coming to him for advice. He was giving shurim at the time already. This is besides the, the tons of his spoiledus that he had when he lived in the village where he lived with his father-in-law earlier. And so too in his earlier years, when he was a child, before Bar Mitzvah, when he lived in Mezhebush, he grew up in the house that the Baal Shem Tov had lived in. His grandmother, Odl, the daughter of the Baal Shem Tov, lived in that house after her father passed away. And Rabbi Nachman, with his mother, Fega, also grew up in that house where the Baal Shem Tov lived. And also during the years that he lived in the city of Zlatopolia, and throughout the eight years that he lived in the city of Breslov, every single day he spent a lot of time speaking to Hashem. And there were several times that he spent the entire day talking to Hashem. Eight hours, ten hours at a stretch, just talking to Hashem. This is obviously not something that everyone can do, or that kind of thing, but we're hearing levels that Sadiqim did, how much they had to say to Hashem, and, and to praise Hashem, and to plead with Hashem on their own behalfs, on behalf of their families, Klal Yisrael, the responsibilities they had to each and every individual in their community. Again, in the Sefer Chaim Oran, chapter 107, he writes there, One time, after Rabbi Nachman had already gained recognition and he had students, etc., Nosa Rabbi Shimon im Rabbeinazal, one of his closest students, Rabbi Shimon, traveled with him, Derech Kfar Usiatin, and they passed through that village where Rabbi Nachman's father-in-law had lived and where he spent a couple of years. Sheshom Yoga Rabbeinazal Bavoidosi Agdoilo Beveis Choisnoi Shedorshom. That's where Rabbeinazal worked very, very hard in Avoidas Hashem when he lived with his father-in-law. And they were riding through fields in the area. And he saw that Rabbi Nachman had a deep yearning. And Rabbi Nachman said, How much did I enjoy the times that I had here? With every step that I took in those walks that I took in Espoiridus, I tasted Gan Eden. I tasted such a spiritual high. Those paths there, he would go for Espoiridus. And I saw that he had an incredible deep yearning, like, if only I could have those times back. 
Va'omar, he said, Things were so good for me here, like before I gained the recognition, before I started having students and everything. What do I need? All the publicity now. Rab Nosenzal writes, at another occasion, Rab said to me, that when he was young, when he would go out into a forest or field to speak to Hashem, when he would return from there, the whole world looked new to him. He felt he felt a whole newness that things had changed for him as a result of a deep, deep connection with Hashem and all the tefillos that he had said. He felt that there was a new screen in front of him. And it looked to him as if now it's a whole different world. It's a whole different ball game. And the world did not look to him. It didn't resemble how it looked to him earlier. This is how much of a, a spiritual elevation he felt from the, the tremendous amount of time and intensity that he spent in this Hispoidus. Oidsham, in addition, in Sichasaran, chapter 163, Siperli Rav Nosan Zah writes, one of the people that lived in Zlatopolya told me this story. That during the time Rav lived in that city, one day in the summertime, he got up to Davin early, Nates, like he did usually. And Rabbeinazal sent his daughter Sora to call this student and to tell him that Rabbeinazal wants him. When the student arrived, Rabbeinazal said to him, Come with me, let's go on a trip together. The They went together outside of the city, outside of Zlatopolya. They walked in the forest there. And they came, they approached a certain mountain there that was called Magila, which was close to the city. And Rabbein Azal asked the student, what is this? How did this mountain come about? It seems it wasn't a, an ordinary kind of mountain. And the student told him about it, what he knew about it. Rabbein Azal told him, let's go, come with me. They entered into there. And when they went inside, it seems that it was an area that you could go literally inside the mountain. So they were blocked from the outside view completely. Because it was vacant inside. And it, it was pretty deep inside. Rabbeinazal went inside with this person. Rabbeinazal sat down on the floor, on the ground. And he took out from one of his pockets a Sefer Sharei Tzion, which is comprised of many 
precious tefillos to Hashem, some of them based on the Arizal, based on, on very spiritual concepts. V'hischil lo'imar, Rabbein Zal started reciting the tefillos, u'bocho mo'oid mo'oid, and he cried a lot. V'hoyo'imar lahalon, and he kept, go- kept going, midaf ladaf, from page to page, u'bocho harbe mo'oid mo'oid bali hefsik, and he was crying a lot without, without any interruption. And his student stood near him and held his pipe, the pipe that Rabbein Azal had, the Omad Mishtoimim, and he stood there in awe. And he saw the incredible amount of crying. And they were there a long time. When Rabbein Zal stopped crying, he told this person, go outside and see where the day is holding. Viyotza, the student, went outside. He saw that the day, the sun was already setting, the, the day was over. The sun was about to set. The kol kach hismamea bebechiosoi Rabbein Zal had spent such a long time there crying to Hashem, a, almost a whole, an entire day, a summer day in Russia. This is in Ukraine, when the day in the summer could start at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning and could go on till 9 o'clock sunset, could be close to 9 o'clock at night. Bali without interruption.